It takes a humble mind and a curious spirit to go past the hubris that ignorance and knowledge bring. Through questions, specific concerns are addressed, doubts are dissolved, and understanding is achieved, which is the goal of this podcast. We believe asking questions provides one of the quickest and most precise routes to understanding, which translates into the correct execution of actions and the attainment of desired outcomes. This is where Solomon Ray comes in. Solomon Ray is a prolific Bible teacher, executive leader, advisor and sponsor. Known for his love for Jesus Christ and people, wisdom and unique incursions into God's word to provide relevance, clarity and understanding for personal leadership and a more productive life in Christ Jesus through every area of life. We trust this podcast will help you provide clarity to the burning questions you've been harboring all these years. Let's delve into the podcast and listen attentively as Solomon Ray brings clarity, insight and understanding to some questions. Take a listen. Hello, good day to you. Trust you're doing well. I'm very excited whenever I have to answer a question. I'm very excited about it because I picture myself at the other end of the spectrum listening to the answers that God is providing to these questions and knowing that my understanding is drastically being changed. My perspective is being shifted and to a limit, my mind is being transfigured. Not to think as from Ray, but to think as God thinks. Our question for today is coming from Shana. Shana is in Cameroon. And Shana has a very interesting question here. You know, so far we've been dealing with some very, you know, assignment thing and serious thing. This is serious as well. But Shana is asking about Christian relationships. And her question is as follows. According to the standard of the world, relationships are defined by the kisses, the hugs, and sex that the people involved share. But I wish to know what's the standard of a Christian relationship. Because I haven't seen a practical guide for godly relationship between Christians. How do we as Christians do or operate if we're in those relationships to please God? Alright, thank you very much again, Shana, for this question relationships. May God help us as he uses us to speak, make sense of these questions and to provide value to you as you're listening and to you, Shana, as well, ask the question. Alright, it's true. Relationships outside of the kingdom or the Christian fold we find that they are ruled by sensuality in the first place. So, kisses, hugs, sex. And if you don't engage into all of this and ultimately sex, you are not considered to be a serious person or a serious partner or a serious fiancé, serious contender. But that should not be our lot as Christians, as sons of God, as ambassadors, as saviors. We are not to live that way. Again, listen to the question posed by Eddie. That should be question four. I'm talking about living your life from emotions. We don't allow our life to be dominated by our feelings and emotions. This does not mean emotions and feelings are demonic. 
they don't have any business in them dictating how we should act that's not their role so what should we do christians in relationship number one in the body of christ we should not have this issue of boyfriend girlfriend you are not testing any water you are not a cook cooking rice and stew what are you tasting we don't have this tasting mentality in the body of christ or in the kingdom of god when we are engaging in into a relationship it is to drive it to the end you can be from a distance and be checking and all of that you can have a discussion to try to understand you're still a friend but once you cross that lintel of friendship and you get into courtship fiance the parents know the girl's parents know your parents as a guy the parents know you're already having a time clock you should know why you're getting married why are you getting married that's the first thing first you see it always drives back to who are you and who are you living for whenever i teach whenever i'm instructing people whenever i'm meeting those to whom my voice matter in their lives i always remind them of these things who you are in christ your identity your nature and who you're living for these things inform everything you do the problem is that we are always trying to do things halfway we are trying to understand what god is saying as per finance not knowing that our nature identity will inform how we engage into god's financial system our nature our life and identity informs everything we do why do you want to get married are you aware that you don't have to get married it's not a must it's not compulsory if you don't get married god will not sue you if you don't get married you will not go to hell if you don't get married there's no big deal unless it is a special instruction from god because god is expecting a special seed from you that now becomes something irrevocable to you it becomes mandatory but generally marriage is not compulsory so why are you getting married who are you do you love god are you dead to yourself because if you're dead to yourself you prioritize your spouse or your fiance the lady if you are the guy now you prioritize her safety you prioritize her well-being you want her to enter the house with dignity if you're the lady you prioritize your man over your own feeling of wanting sex so it comes back to who are you and who do you serve i'm married by god's grace and to the most amazing lady in the entire world mabel that's my wife wonderful lady awesome lady that's god's best gift to me beside knowing him awesome lady so i know a thing or two about marriage i do i do how do you want her to come into the house how do you want her to be seen to be perceived by other people if i do these things with her my family members will perceive her differently her friends will perceive her differently her family members will perceive her differently and first god will perceive me differently so because of my love for god i'm dead to myself my craving for sex can wait i can manage that what do I do? I go out and have some time and, you know, I just get something. I just go around. I leave the house and go do some sports or something. There are ways you can manage your craving for sex when it's not yet the time. Get those things done. It must not end with a lady in your bed when it's not yet time for that. So because of my love for God, I'm going to manage my craving for sex. Because of my love for my partner, my fiancé, the lady, I care so much for her. I love her the way God loves me. So I care for her. I care about how people perceive her. I want that God should have his way in her through her life and body and she should be a blessing to her family. But me laying with her before time is going to follow that plan when she comes to speak to them about christ they will look at her and say who are you talking to you prostitute for example 
God will find out ways to now tarnish her name. So because of that, I'm going to quiet all of that and I'll find a way to manage my craving for sex. And that craving is not demonic. I'm just being a man. But there are ways I can manage that craving. Go out and do some sports. Visit a friend. Make a call. Talk to your spiritual leader. Very important. Manage that. Likewise for the lady. I'll manage my craving for sex at the moment. I'll manage my libido. I'll not have that. I'll not even engage in some things that can tarnish the image of my man or myself. Because I'm not my own again. I live but not I but Christ lives through me. I don't want something that if I engage in illicit sex right now. Or even in something that demonstrates some wrong imagery. It might tarnish the image of myself, God, and my man, and God in him. So I am dead to myself. God has an upper hand. His purpose, his image, his will has an upper hand over even my sexual craving. So I'll find a way to manage it. That's why I say your spiritual father is more than a mentor. He's there to help you. He knows things that you will not tell your mentor. She knows things that you will not tell your mentor. And by the way, spiritual father doesn't mean it's just he or she. I'm just using that term generically because I've said it here and again that we are not sons because we are males. For example, I'm a male, but I'm not a son of God because I am male. I am a son of God because I am one with Christ and Christ is male. Whatever Christ is, I am. He determines my nature, he determines my identity and determines everything. We are sons because we are one in him. It is he who lives, not us. We are members of his body. We are not a different body entirely. So we don't live for ourselves. So even our craving has to come under subjection. God's image, God's purposes, God's will must be bigger than our sexual craving. And you ask me, what do you know about it? I know so much about it. I know a lot about it. And you're wondering, is it possible? Can I stay for one week without? Yes, you can. You can. And you must. I know some of us have put a rule. I can't be one week without having sexual encounter. You are a slave to sex. Stop that. That's not good. Again, our drive is to dominate all our human cravings and i said the principal craving that we need to dominate is our craving for food because every other craving takes its strength from the craving of food or the craving for food you can live for a month without touching a lady without having sex you can you can live for six months without having an intercourse with a man with your fiance hold on just hold yourself it's possible it's not something strange it's possible the more you are growing in god and the more God is growing in you. He redirects and moderates even our appetites. Oh, for sure. He moderates our appetites. His word moderates it. So you can. As Christians, our drive should not be sex. Sex is just a byproduct of why we're getting married. It's just a plus. And sex has a role. Yes, for enjoyment, we have pleasure. But the main thing is procreation. But why are you getting married? Who are you? Who do you represent? Who do you live for? I've not said what do you live for? Who do you live for? Are you dead to yourself? If you're dead to yourself, then bringing an end or toning down your sexual craving for the sanity of yourself and the other person will be very easy for you to do. I know that by default, not everybody is a sex monger. Some people, even without God, sex is not their main thing, but they have other cravings. But we're talking about sex now. So we should not be found in Christian relationships, doing all those things before the time, sleeping and having sex. It's not proper. And you say, what's wrong with sex now after we're getting married? It's not about that. It's about what God wants to do through you. It's about who you represent. 
who do you represent one day somebody asked me that oh um is punk bad is a wearing slim trouser as a boy very tight is it bad is wearing a shirt on button right up to your chest level that you're exposing your chest is it bad i said i don't know it depends who you represent if christ were to appear where you are what would be your reaction that determines now whether it's good or bad to you or not good or bad whether it's appropriate if you're dressing and all your chest is outside your breasts outside and you're saying you want to celebrate your body and christ were to appear in front of you what would be your spontaneous reaction will you try to cover it will you try to pray that you should disappear if that's your response then it's not appropriate for you to do it anything that does not valorize christ and if he's present you will not do don't do it don't do it will christ be honored as you're having sex with your fiance before you are getting married if he appears there will it be something that you'll be proud to say you're doing why don't you have that same guilt when you're married because you know in your spirit that it is correct now so let's stop all this nonsense it's not helping us it's not helping our unbelieving friends our unserious christian friends to perceive us correctly and for they to be convicted and to be motivated and inspired by our lives let your life be an inspiration all right so you're asking for guidelines I'll just give you like top of my head what I have. Make sure that you are not just with your man, with your fiancé, and your parents are not aware of your intentions. You, the man, take the bold step. You, guy listening to me, take the bold step. Go and meet the lady's parents and introduce the lady to your own parents. Do you know why? Because when the two parents are aware, you are putting yourself under what I call positive pressure. And what does that mean? If at all there is now the craving for you to even have something, now the pressure has gone from you just trying to use your willpower to be sane. It has gone up to you will not want to disappoint your parents, your mother, your father. So that becomes a stronger motivation for you not to do what you want to do. That becomes a stronger anchor for you to hold and to bring your sexual drive under subjection. Step two let your spiritual leader know the person you want to get married to the lady if you have one introduce your man to your spiritual leader and vice versa if your parents are not enough motivation for you not to resist your spiritual leader will be even a higher one a bigger motivation because you don't want to disappoint him or her and avoid the things that can lead to the tarnishing of an image because imagine your spiritual leader is one very respectable person in society and everybody knows that you are his son or daughter and you mess up it is his name also that is messed up because we'll say ah of course that is spiritual leader now that the same people so that will drive you to keep yourself in check anything that you hide the devil has power over it and anything that you expose the devil has less power over it it's a principle that i'm giving you that you should write down any weakness that you keep and you hide that weakness the devil will easily use that weakness against you but any weakness that you expose the devil has less use for that kind of weakness because you have exposed it you have exposed yourself so expose your relationship and have a time limit like we give ourselves one year we give ourselves six months we give ourselves three months we give ourselves eight months because when it becomes very long ah you're putting yourself into danger i understand financially things can be hard you need more time to build and everything that's why you need to incorporate your parents and your spiritual leader they should be praying for you and if they even have the resources they can help you don't be a one-man army a one-woman army you want to do everything by yourself seek for help help is no weakness it's a sign of maturity seek for help and have an open mind so i think that's what we have for this question thank you very much shana for that and just to add you're getting married 
you the man know that god has a lot on you if you think you're getting married because of sex or you have gotten a free mate you think again because god will ask you i'm telling this for free now god will ask every husband about their wife how well have you helped her become the person that he wants her to become how well have you helped your children know him how well have you become the example for them to follow him Jesus, how well have you led them for them to become the people, the children that he destined them to become? And that father is on you. So as you're saying, I'm the father of the house, I'm the head of the home. True, but know to whom what is given, what is expected. Jesus Christ will ask about your wife from your hand. He will ask about your children from your hand. If you have one child, that child. If you have four children, all the four, he will ask about them from your hand. So, as you're getting married, you man would be father and husband. You have a lot on your plate. You can't afford to be careless. You can't afford to be just any kind of man as well. You're getting married because you want a mate. Somebody who dress the bed and give you food and a sex machine and a baby producer. That's being very mundane and being very selfish. And you lady, why are you getting married? I'm getting married because I want to help my husband fulfill destiny. I want to help him actualize all that God has called him to do. I want to help him build the home that God has called him to build. I'm a helper. And for all the ladies, if you need a reference point for you to help you model and pattern your life as per being a wife, the Bible recommends Sarah. And I recommend Sarah plus study the Holy Spirit. Study the purpose and the life of the Holy Spirit in the life of every believer and towards God. Then you will understand your role as a wife. You as a man, you want to understand what it means to be a husband and a father? Study Christ or study God himself because he's a father. So thank you very much. Shana for your question and thank you very much for listening my dear friend and I hope you've had some value and learned a thing or two from this episode. I keep repeating it. I believe in you. I really do. I believe that your life is not the same when you encounter and you you confront your mind with this kind of information. Your mind can never be the same. You cannot be the same because you ask yourself new questions. You want to chart new horizons and you want to live for God even better. I so much believe in you and I believe in the person that you're becoming in Christ Jesus and I believe that you are going to discover that thing that God has you do and you are going to give in everything that you have. Use every resources that you have. You will use your mind, your skills, your abilities to make sure that you fulfill your assignment. So when Christ comes, you appear before him with boldness and you tell him what you were able to do by the strength he gave you, by the resources he gave you to achieve the purpose that he had planned for you. God bless you. Have a blessed day. Stay well. I've been Solomon Ray, signing out. Bye-bye. We trust this episode was instructive and that you've learned a thing or two. Please feel free to send in your questions using the Q&A button if you're on Spotify or use the link in the show notes below if on Apple Podcast or any other player. Getting value from this podcast, consider doing the following steps. Step 1. Leave a review after the show notes below. And step 2. Share with your friends and loved ones via your social media platforms. Also, consider showing some love by supporting us by giving towards the development of other programs using the appropriate link in the show notes as well. Do you want to share a personal message with Solomon Ray? For your testimonials and message of gratitude, Use the appropriate link in the show note below to send your voice note. 
We truly love you and believe in you and the person you are becoming in Christ Jesus. Till then, have a blessed day ahead and remember, Jesus Christ is counting on you to influence your world for him. God bless you.